so I was talking to my husband and we were having a conversation and I was letting him know that I had some people that, you know, wanted, you know, to be interviewed and, and on the podcast and I thought that was great and I connected with some people and we were talking about a few things and I mentioned something and he said, oh my gosh, please tell me you will never say that when we are out in public because I just don't want you to look like an idiot. And I said, well, of course, I'll never say it when we're out in public. So I thought I'd tell you here. I'm not an idiot, but I do have issues with grasping big things. Like when I got locked in the radio station because the memo that could have been easily written in four very quick sentences, put in your code to enter push the exit button that's hidden behind the picture in the top right corner of the wall to get out. But it was this really long memo and I just couldn't comprehend it all. And that's how I got locked in the radio station and was unable to use the restroom in my three minute break. So when things are longer than a paragraph, I don't quite always comprehend it. And I have to read it a couple of times when I read a message from somebody. It takes me a couple of times. The last time I was at the doctor, what the time before last, before last, you know, he's throwing in POTS and MACS and gastroparesis and then he threw in like neurodivergent. You are neurodivergent. And I, the way he said it, I thought, well, do I get a cape? I mean, <laughs> is this something I should be proud of? What does this mean? He goes, oh, just look it up. And I just love doctors like that. Oh, I can't answer your questions about EDS. Join a support group. So I have to look up neurodivergent. Well, of course, you know I never looked it up. So finally, when I told my husband this last night, he said, oh, concentration, da-da-da. He goes, oh, this explains a lot. He said, but the thing is, I can't say that you're faking it and that you're using it as an excuse because you honestly didn't even look up the symptoms or what what were possible symptoms of it what could cause it nothing so he said it, it all comes to pieces now i i get it the the pieces are now coming together but please you need to refrain from saying some things in public because well you just don't sound too smart well, I was so excited because we're in 26 countries now. And remember, I was shocked. I found out, I know there's more than 90, I think. Somebody, some podcast has got like 90 countries. I was reading something somewhere. And I was just thrilled. And I said, Italy, Italy's on now. And he went, yes. And I said, well, I just thought they were part of Europe. And he's like, what well, did you think the Europe is like... United States and I'm like no I just don't think about these things I guess because I, my mind only has so much room and I feel like every time I learn something new something real important gets pushed out you know it's like <laughs> something as simple as 
the doorknob, you know, and now I've forgotten how to use the doorknob. It's something stupid like that. And then I was thrilled because the Bahamas popped in. So I'm like, oh my lands, we've got 26 countries. This is exciting for me. You know, I'm just a little girl from Williamsburg and I'm just thrilled that anybody has listened to me. And wow, I mean, it's not like I could go to the Bahamas and they'd be like, oh, you know, blowing conch shells and being so happy that I was there. Then nobody knows who I am, but still, it's a thrill nonetheless. I had mentioned this block therapy. So I've been looking into it and I really, I get it. I believe it. I understand it. But I have gone down my path with fascia. I'm, I'm ripping that crap off the bone, to be quite frank. I mean, painfully so. Had I known about this prior, I think I might have started it first. But to be honest with you, I don't know how successful I would be. But I'm real excited because I joined the community. <laughs> I feel like like a nudist community. We have a nudist community here in, in uh, Virginia. It's Whitetail Park on Red Ass Road. I kid you not. And it's a nudist community. It's over there in Zunai. And I was like, oh, I would just love to go. Just be free. Let it all hang out, you know. And so when I say I'm joining a community, I always just think of the nudist community. But I did. I joined the block therapy community just so I could find out a little bit about it. And if I could become an affiliate and I could sell blocks and make money that way and not charge anybody that's listening to me to listen to me, you know, then like I do like the Ashley Black thing, that'd be super cool. But I kind of feel like I need a hands-on approach. I need to be touched. That's what she said. I couldn't, res I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. But I need to physically have someone touch me and explain to me what is going on in my body. And that's something that can't be done virtually. That's something that I think with my concept of learning, I just, oh, wow. Do you think if I had known about this illness when, when school was in, I mean, I could have just gotten so much further if I could have been like, I have issues. I mean, real issues, you know, like I have HEDS in it and, and I have this little problem, I guess. I don't know if it, am I neurodivergent or I have a, I have a learning problem or, or something like that. I don't have dyslexia, but I do have an issue with learning. And one time I missed 23 questions on a test. It was on the hot, but it was the fifth grade. And my teacher lived in my neighborhood and she sat there and said it was because of how I was raised. And because she lived in my neighborhood, she knew my mother. And they all thought that it was because of my home life as to why I flunked the test. And I'm like, well, think whatever you want to think. I didn't study. I didn't like The Hobbit. I'm sorry. I was. It was a fifth grade. It just was too big of a book. It just didn't. I just didn't feel it at that time and I didn't do well on the test and then oh god that's right they brought my mother in and put her behind the mirror and she said it was the worst experience of her life because she was called in to school because they thought that my home life was messing with my school life and I forget which man she was with at the time but one man was out to sea so she had the other one in the house and we had to like take stuff out like 
things couldn't be here that the other man had given her. So we'd have to rotate with whichever man was here at the time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of funny now because I would never put my son through that. And now that I think about it, that was kind of crappy. But it wasn't a trauma or tragedy that prevented me from being able to walk. It was adhesed fascia and my inability to be able to breathe properly. You know, this whole H-E-D-S. It wasn't how I was raised. But anyway, I went through school having problems learning. One of my fathers said, I forget which one, he said, you know, Christy, if you could remember the answers to the test, as well as you do words to songs, you'd be a straight A student. And I'm like, well, wouldn't that be grand? So I've always had issues with learning. So this block therapy, although it seems very simple, I think it would actually be really, really good. But I'm still going to look into it because it gets to the deep fascial adhesions by applying pressure. And you have to have a certain bamboo block. And my husband's like, if you had told me this... Any other time, I would have walked away from you. But there's something about using a plastic or whatever block. I mean, this, this bamboo block is supposed to be the same density of your bone, and it melts in, and it melts and I don't know. There's this whole big thing about it, and this whole community. And I have met some of these people via Facebook. And to be quite honest with you, they're some of the nicest people I've ever met. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of the ones that have offered support because I would like to look into it. I, it, I am looking into it, but I need to be touched. I need somebody to tell me, hey, you don't breathe in your neck. You breathe into your ribs. You know, I, I need somebody to do that. And all the reading in the world, all the things for me anyway, I just, I don't learn that way. But I do think that it is something that will help me in the long run with my breathing. But I think for those of you that want to work on your fascia and you're, you're working on it, maybe if you're using the tools or whatever or two spoons or whatever it is you've got, I mean, that's another thing. I'm always like, if you got two spoons, you can work on your fascia. Just you have to know the technique. The tools make it a little bit easier. Maybe that's the same thing with these blocks. I saw somebody on the block therapy selling their blocks. So I don't know. I don't know. So I'm not saying go for it yet. I don't know. But the people that I've met have been wonderful. And a few of them have HEDS and this, that, and the other. But perhaps they're more learned than I am. Uh, and and they they can comprehend things better than I, and they don't use words like learned. Is that is that even appropriate? I don't even know. Oh, night moves. If you're ever on a game show and somebody asks you what was Bob Seger's first number one hit, night moves. And a little backstory. Let me get a little swig of water. Bob Seger had been out since the 60s, and he hadn't really had a hit yet, you know? And he was talking to Elton John, as one does, and Elton John was listening to his repertoire, and he said, ah, that's it, that song. You play that song, that'll be your first number one hit. Well, Bob Seger's like, yeah, right. If I put this song out and it hits number one, I'll play at the top of some place butt naked, something like that. And wouldn't you know 
that he put out Night Moves, and it was his first number one hit. Bob Seger. Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, just in case, if you ever want to know. And it bums me out, because I went to see him in concert, and he didn't do two of my favorite songs, Turn the Page and Her Strut which I absolutely loved. I mean, that would be like going to see ZZ Top and they don't do, what? Pearl Necklace and 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 Jesus Just Loves Chicago. Yeah, they have to play those songs. I mean, just because they're older songs doesn't mean they shouldn't be played. I think that could be they just didn't have enough room in the set. I don't know, but that was many years ago. So, then... And my quest for learning about the countries, because if you do remember many episodes ago, I did say this. And again, my husband's like, oh my God, please don't talk in public anymore. But when my son was going to school in elementary school, I was riding because I couldn't drive because I had the seizures. And we were turning in and my son was having a thing, a test about Antarctica. And I was like, well, just remember, Antarctica is warmer than Antarctica because, you know, I was just thinking anti against cold. You know, like Iceland is beautiful and green and Greenland is icy. And I really thought that Antarctica was warm and come to find out it's not. And my husband was like, please tell me you're not helping our child through school. So it's been one of those kinds of lives, life, life. It's been that way for me all my life, let's just say. And I don't go around acting like I know everything. But I do know a few things. And I think this block therapy seems pretty daggone cool. But I need to be touched. I need to know what I'm doing wrong. And then I think if I implement the block therapy, I think it will work. But I think it would be good for somebody that doesn't have a fasciologist and has bound fascia and can't handle the pain. Because I'll be honest with you, doing the fascial remodeling is painful. You hear things pop. I'm covered in bruises. I look like I've been beaten. But they don't hurt bruises. You know, the ones that are really deep that my fasciologist gets out, they hurt. But the ones up that I've been working on, no, they don't hurt at all. They look brutal, but they don't hurt at all. So it's just what your body can take. And I think that this might be a good therapy. So I'm looking into that. So I'm really excited. And I've met these people. And then I've got this one woman that wants me to interview her. So she sent me this thing. And she said, I'd appreciate... You know, you go ahead and watch this. I was interviewed for this television show, and I want you to watch this, and then you'll know my backstory, and then we'll connect, and you can interview me. Well, I'll be honest with you. Back in my radio station days, you know, you were on the air if you had something to promote, your book, your album, your concert, your comedy show, whatever, you know, or you were somebody that used to be, I mean, like Tommy James from Tommy James and the Shondells. You know, he popped on because he had a book coming out. Uh, the guy that, I forget his name, Kenny, oh, I forget it. But Kenny, what, Kenny, oh, oh, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. He was Joan Jett's manager for many years. And Joan Jett couldn't come on. But he came on and talked about Joan Jett. And he had some good stories to tell. Christopher Titus, oh, you know, when he came on, it was like, my heart and everything else in my body melted because, oh, it was Christopher Titus. 
And I do. I always tell my husband, yes, Wyland Christopher is named after you, John Christopher, but really it's Christopher Titus. But yes, love Christopher Titus. And we got locked in an elevator together. And I think it was probably his worst nightmare, but it was my greatest pleasure. I was like, oh my gosh, Christopher Titus. And then Tommy Davidson was really cool because he said his favorite show on television was the Golden Girls because they had such good rapport. And I thought that was really interesting. And then Cooter from the Dukes of Hazzard, he was just fun. I just really liked him. And it was nice to be there with Cooter and then kind of to ask, you know, asking him about Daisy Dukes and what was, was I think it was Barb, Catherine Bach, what was she really like, Daisy Dukes. But so when people would come on, they'd have something to promote or they have done something in life. Well, if I'm asking you to come on the program or you're asking to come on the program, either way, it's pretty much because you have HEDS or you have a loved one that has it or you've worked on your fascia or you're doing this block therapy thing because I've asked these individuals to come on because I want to share. I want to broaden my mind and learn as much as I can while I'm probably pushing something really important out. Who knows what I'm going to forget next. But, because my husband likes to say, just tell everybody you knew all this stuff before the seizures. When the seizures came is when you, you, you lost the, the grasp that, you know, the Bahamas is a country. So, yeah, there you have it. Yeah, the Bahamas. We've got the Bahamas, too. I'm so excited. Ah. So, I'm asked to watch this hour program for this woman and I tried oh I tried and I still will do my due diligence but my husband's like you never did homework when you were on the station I said I know because if somebody like if I was inviting somebody on to talk about their book you could read the back and get an idea of what it was but if you wanted to give a really 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 good interview perhaps you might read the book so you can sit there and you know show the respect you know i read the book this is what we're going to talk about your book but i was able to read the synopsis of what this television interview was about and i got everything i needed to know about this woman and i'm ready to go i don't have the time or the mental capacity to add anything else to my day it's just not how i work and i'm like I know what she's doing. I know what she's accomplished. I want to know how. So that's what I want to focus on. I don't need to know her entire backstory. Uh, you know, if you ever want to come on here and do an episode, just tell me what's off limits and tell me what, what you know, you refuse to answer and I'll avoid it and we'll go from there. It's just as simple as having a conversation. That's really all it is. So in the midst of doing all of this stuff, I ran across this person that makes fitness wear for fitness competition. And I looked and I saw it on the gentleman and I went, oh my gosh, that's just a cock sock. And my husband said, a cock sock? And I said, yeah, that's just a cock sock. Because it's, you know, when men, like, like remember like Arnold and Lou Ferrigno would go to these fitness things and they would sit there and they would form their bodies to show off their bodies. Well, they have to wear this little bitty thing and it's really nothing more than what I thought was a cock sock. So 
excuse me if I'm offending anybody by saying cocksock, but it just rolled off my tongue. And my husband and I was telling you, my husband and I were having a conversation, and we went from countries to cocksock. And he said, you've got to show me this cocksock. So when I went to give him my phone, he goes, I almost feel dirty holding it, just looking at it, because right beside it was the picture of the man wearing the cocksock. Well, it's a nice trunk. It's an actual thing, but it's not called a cock sock, and he thought it was. And he said, are you selling cock socks on AWOL Zebra? And I said, I know I'm not selling cock socks on AWOL Zebra. He said, well, what are you doing? I said, I just got lost. I said, when I was looking and trying to figure out things about this woman because she wanted me to learn about her, I ended up getting to fitness wear for fitness models and I ran into a person that makes these and it just looked like a cock sock and that's what I called it. He said, so they're not called cock socks? I said, no, I think they're called like fitness trunks or something like that. I said, but when you look at it separately, it looks like it's just a cock sock. Like it, you put your, your member in the sock. It's just what it looks like. So he sat there and said, I have no idea how you ever got paid for talking and made a living before I met you. So that's where we went with that. So back to me doing homework before an individual comes on, I feel like that takes away from the interview. I want to learn about you. I want it to be just a conversation. I mean, tell me what you want to tell me. Don't tell me what you don't want to tell me. And the people in 26 countries, will be listening and that's just so cool to me but I have learned that my mind can only handle but so daggone much even now I know that I'm I'm slowly like trying to talk myself out of going to this PT I'm like why go to another PT they're gonna tell me to do something screw me up I miss, I should have stayed with Cindy Hartman. I burnt a bridge because when somebody pisses me off, I have no problems going, you are dead to me and I never speak to them again. I could be gasping my last breath and they would be my lifeline and I would not call them. That's how stubborn I am. Now, if it was to save my husband or my child, that's a different story. Oh, and by the way, if you are ever on a game show, I don't expect you to put me down as your lifeline. Because unless it's music or a little tidbit about, you know, <laughs> just trivia stuff, I don't think I'd be much help to you. But it would be an honor for you to call me, but I don't think I could help you much. I'm just putting that right out there. But I'm thinking if I do this next postural restoration person, are they the right person? My husband's like, why don't we just go to the Good Feet store and get you some orthotics? And I said, well, I had orthotics when I was 18 when the truck ran over my foot and I didn't like them much. I said, but it would give me an opportunity to wear my boots instead of a pair of tennis shoes. So maybe I'll look into it. And then Good Feet Store has very, very bad reviews. And then I looked that maybe I could just get a simple orthotic. And then I thought, well, you know what? A podiatrist does that. So I thought I'll schedule an appointment with a podiatrist. And then I'll be able to go into a podiatrist and he can maybe give me something that helps my heels. I'm still waiting on those Brooks tennis shoes to come in. So I can try to figure those out and see if they make a difference because if I can get my body in proper position, that would be great. And that's another thing, too, that's bumming me out. Because Cindy Hartman kept making sure that my sacrum was in proper alignment and this, that, and the other. And last night, I was just in so much pain. And I was trying to figure out, what in the world do I do? 
Well, I laid down on my stomach and I started moving my leg. My legs were bent. I started dropping my left leg because my left side was hurting. Left to right, left to right while breathing. And I actually felt my sacrum lining back up into place. And you know what? The pain started going away. And I said, gummit. All of those lessons that I got from my last PT went out the window when my pelvis popped out. And I just felt deflated, really deflated. And you know what? Literally and figuratively, I feel like that's what's happening to our bodies. Like right now, because I'm sitting here chatting, I know I'm not breathing properly. And I'm starting to feel pain in my diaphragm. My diaphragm's not used to working. And I've got to kind of get this under control. And that's why I was hoping the block therapy would pop into play. But I just don't know if I'm ready to spend $247. But I would like to do it. But again, I feel like I need to give this postural restoration therapist a chance. This is... You know, I had the first one was a genius in his words, and he sent me to the hospital with full muscle body spasms, and I honestly thought they were going to commit me. I mean, when your husband looks at you and says, Christy, if you don't agree with them that it's a neurological condition, they are going to commit you, you get the hell out of Dodge and you sign whatever it is they want you to sign, and you don't ever go back. And that's the last time I went to the hospital for myself, and that was June 6th of 2022. I can remember dates like a champ, but I don't know squat about countries, and Italy is not a part of Europe. I guess it is, but it's its own country. I had so much my husband was educating me on yesterday, and don't try to get me to understand football because the very first football game he took me to when we got there I said well I guess it won't be as long as it is on TV because we don't have to sit through the commercial breaks well I was newly dating him and we were with his friends and well I guess that shows another reason why we don't get with people very frequently I guess I do sound a bit idiotic and stupid every now and then I just say what I say and and I'm, I'm as sincere as I can possibly be and I might not sound like the the brightest nut in the bunch if that's even a saying but we'll make it today but I do mean well I do know what's helped me so far I do know what's hindering me and it's my ability to be able to breathe But before I buy into the whole block therapy thing, I need to see this postural restoration person. And I need to see if I can can do this. And I've almost talked myself out of it because I'm like, I just, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Just because it's just another mill. And it's another place I have to go to. And do I want that? And then I start thinking about it. You know, Goldilocks had to sit on a couple of beds before she found the right fit. So maybe Christy Locks has to sit on a few more beds before I find the right therapist. And maybe I have. We'll find out. 
But if you want to come on the program, I'd love to have you on. I just, I'll do my due diligence and learn about you what I can, but I kind of like to learn about you as everyone else does. To me, that's what makes it a real interview. I don't have prepared questions. If you want me to, I can. But I just believe that uh, the more natural we are, the more genuine it is as far as I'm concerned. I think I think that makes a big difference. I don't need a big production. I've got a friend that's um, saying, I think she's supposedly got a podcast, but she's got a YouTube channel and it's a zebra thing and she's got this whole setup and she does her hair and her makeup and I think she's got a teleprompter or somebody sitting there with cue cards, you know, like dropping them and stuff because you see her reading them and all of that and I don't do a script with this, as you can obviously tell, because, I mean, seriously, did I, if I planned out everything I was going to say, and this is what I came out with, we're, we're in a world of heart. I just sit down to talk, to keep myself accountable, to, in my mind, do what I can't do, which is an actual job. So because I get up and I do a podcast, whether anybody comes back the next day or not, in my mind, everybody's coming back. In my mind, everybody's listening. In my mind, somebody needs to hear something that I've said. That's just how I think about it. Whether it's true or not, I, I get messages from me, so I know there's some listeners, and the numbers don't lie, so that's pretty cool. But I just want to share, and I just want to help. Man, it made me tear up. But I, I didn't realize how important this podcast really is to me. It means a lot to me. The messages that I've gotten from individuals about the interviews that I've had have been very kind. The messages that I get for people thanking me for, you know, saying something so now they don't feel so crazy. I'm not putting myself on any pedestal or nothing. I'm just trying to give myself the reasons to come back. And that's, that's one of the things. Somebody asked me, how do I do a podcast? What am I supposed to do? And I'm like, well, are you comfortable talking to no one? Because that's kind of what it is. You're talking to no one. But in my heart, I know that there's somebody out there that's listening. And I know that somebody out there might be a little less lonely because I shared what maybe they weren't able to share. So I thank you for coming back each and every day. We're going to find out, do I go to the postural restoration therapist appointment or do I cancel at the last moment? Remember, my first appointment, I called and canceled. And then I called back and said, do you still have it open? And then I called back and canceled it again. I said I was stuck in traffic, but I was lying in the bed. And then I sat there and hemmed and hawed. And then when they said, we'll see you up until 1120 
I got my rear end out of bed and I went down there and I was very grateful that I did. So stay tuned. Does she or doesn't she? We'll find out together. Christy Lynn Hanchi, AWOL Zebra. Have a lovely day.